2: The best you. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, ran bubble frogs. Just like what said, say, you in trouble, y'all. Keep the floor plan got an all band. Y'all seen the block? Stop with one hand. Pat we trust, it's power have the guts. We here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
1: Welcome to Five on the Floor Live here on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me, Ethan J. Skolnick. And at Five Reasons Sports, you got Brady Hawk. You can follow me at Hawk 305 And Greg Sylvander. you can follow me at Greg Sylvander. Alex has got the night off. He'll be back with us later in the week. Thanks to everybody who joined us on Playback. Floor plan, the Miami Heat have finished the first half. That's not really the first half. They're actually two-thirds into the season, roughly. But it's the All-Star break, and they are 30-25. and That is exactly the same record that they had last season, a season that could have gone either direction and ended up in the NBA Finals. We'll see if that happens again. But this was a significant road trip, I thought, for the Heat, going into Milwaukee against a healthy Bucks team, and going into Philadelphia against a not-as-healthy Philadelphia team, but it's not like you had all your starters yourself. No Butler, no Rozier, no Richardson. Spo had to patch it. We know sometimes that's where he does his best, most creative coaching. And two different ways. They won with a big offensive performance against Milwaukee, with Jovic playing a huge role. Today, it was a little bit more Tyler Hero, in addition to Bam Adebayo and Duncan Robinson and Jaime Jaquez, and Heywood Highsmith making some plays down the stretch um, before we get to the game of the night, Greg, as we head into the break, how do you feel? Because when we last time I was on a podcast with you, mm-hmm. which I guess was about two nights ago, you were pretty dour for you. I was. Um, but now, I mean, it's not like they're surging into a two seed right now. Like they're literally as we're talking right now, I think Indiana's still losing to Toronto. Orlando is winning, so it looks like Miami may end up in a tie for six going into the All-Star break with Orlando and Indiana half game behind. And Miami has the tiebreaker over Orlando. They've beaten them a couple times, so actually they're technically in the sixth spot. Do you feel any better?
3: I do. I said that this is when they usually shut me up, and they've shut me up. Um, it was a moment where these two road wins are huge. They've solidified themselves now as a team that can get up to that six seed, get out of the play in um, there's still work to be done. Right. But the fact that they're now six and two in their last eight after that seven game losing streak, that's huge. Like that's the a complete turnaround. And now you look I don't know if these standings are updated, if Philly still has 21 losses or if now they have 22, but there are only three or four games in the loss column from the four seed where you get home court and you can make up that kind of ground with the parity that's in the Eastern Conference. So I do feel a lot better. I feel like this was a response. It's not just that they got the wins. It's how they looked as they got them. That makes me feel like that that I'm hopeful going forward. Uh, it's almost like I don't want them to stop playing because they've started to find something uh, here. Although it did get close there at the end uh, in Philadelphia tonight.
1: Well, if people are saying, "Well, wait till everybody gets healthy." Actually, when everybody gets healthy, they'll play worse, uh, and that, that's not an indictment of one person or two people or whatever. It's just the way that this team uh, plays. Um, and again, before we get to the game of the night, and mine's probably gonna—we're probably gonna be controversial because I'm gonna stay with the person that we talked about on uh, on the text feed, even though he had a rough final minute. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, Brady, uh, to me, what stood out tonight was defensive that you know Spoelstra at one point he didn't do it very long, but he was rolling with the lineup that had Highsmith in the three. Uh, you know, I mean, this was just really like throw anything you can at the wall, try to get some of these combinations together. But here's what impressed me about them defensively down the stretch: there was there was a period there of nine possessions where the the Sixers got no field goals, and. With that, that group on the floor included Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, And so, again, I understand the criticisms of Tyler. We'll get to some of those as we go forward here. But that group tightened up. I mean, Hawkins was out there with Highsmith and Bam. But I I really like what Duncan's done defensively uh, lately. And, again, that seems to be a playable combination, which is something we're going to talk about a little bit more now that you don't have Josh Richardson, you may not have Razier for a bit. Have Duncan and Tyler proven that they can play
0: together? 100%. I think you have to play them together. Not like all the time, but I think that the, the stuff that, first of all, the stuff they can do offensively, the creativity they can do with those two guys, even when they're not on the ball, is something you just can't pass up. You can't overlook it. The, the screening for each other, the fact that either one of them could run off a handoff and throw a lob over the top to Bam, which is something I did not think I'd be saying uh, two weeks ago with the fact that Bam never caught a lob, it felt like all season but you can play them together. And, and specifically, obviously when you're playing in that zone, I, I really feel like Duncan and Tyler specifically have found a little bit of a rhythm in that space where they can just have to cover their own little space. They can rotate. They can play positionally, which is something they can do where they don't have to worry as much about being intact as a mismatch guy. Uh, so there are two guys that I think do like the zone. Like it was funny the other night when Jimmy was talking, he's like, I don't even like the zone. I don't like playing in the zone, but I'll do it. But I'm, it's not my favorite. Like I don't enjoy it. But it's like, I think those two definitely do enjoy it. Like, that's something that they can definitely find a flow for. So, I mean, if they can continue to, to kind of play those two guys together defensively, I think Spo in this, you mentioned that one lineup. I, there was the one lineup with Hawkes, Duncan, Haywood, Kane, and Love. And it's like, who would have thought we'd see those five together in a game? Because that just to, talks about throwing stuff at the wall. And the quick thing I'll say about the defense and on why I want to give credit to Spo, there are like small things that he did throughout this game where I'm like, you know, he always saves stuff for the playoffs. He doesn't show much in games like this, but there's just like the small moments. Like there was one, I think it was like even the first quarter. It was first half for sure, where they were playing zone. They got Philly out of a rhythm and they just could not do anything in that zone. Philly calls timeout. Miami comes back out. Philly probably has this whole game plan. Okay, we're gonna do this in the zone, this, this, and this. Miami came out in man. <laughs> like, like these just little wrinkles that Spo throws in to kind of just throw off a team, even if it's like on a, on a random. Uh, Wednesday night against Philly, like that stuff matters, and obviously they're buying in defensively, and especially when you have Haywood and Kane and these guys up top. So they deserve credit for the defensive stuff because, as much as we've seen the shooting and stuff come around, the defense what they're gonna kind of hang their hats on.
1: I want to do an entire podcast on this one topic this week, so I don't want to get into it too much here, but I do think we need to look into why Spolster's coaching methods seem to be more effective with fewer of his key players. Like this is, this is a trend that I don't think we can ignore at this stage, and there has to be a reason for it. He will never give a good answer about this because he doesn't like talking about himself and his own coaching, but I think we need to find an answer because he has not been able to figure out, and maybe there's just no answer to, but he's not been able to figure out the Bam, Tyler, Jimmy answer really for four-plus years. But when he has to throw Haywood Highsmith at the three to play with Kevin Love at the four, Bam Adebayo at the five, and he's mixing and matching Hero and Robinson in the backcourt, he's playing without a point guard, he's masterful. But when he has everybody, they have problems. And this has been a consistent theme, and I think we need to actually dive into it. But before we do... We want to mention the Rock Esports Gamer of the Night, Greg. And now on 5 on the Floor, it's time for the Gamer of the Night, sponsored by Rock Esports Center, the place to eat, drink, and play all day. Host your next birthday party with them. Located at 15305 South Dixie Highway in Palmetto Bay, they've got a 5,500-square-foot state-of-the-art center equipped with all the high-end power. Play all-day passes available for just 25 bucks. but if you mention five reasons – it's just twenty dollars. So mention five reasons or five RSN, you get to play all day for twenty dollars. And now, the gamer of the night. All right, I'm going to stick to our guns here. Okay, I don't know if you guys wanted to switch. That last minute was rough. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to defend some of the decision making at the end of the game. He's not a point guard. Uh, they need a point guard right now. They can't beat a press. They can't inbounds at the end of this game. Here's why I'm giving Tyler Hero the game of the night. Okay, And I know this is going to be controversial for a lot of people. He shot 10 of 23. He was 1 of 8 from 3. That means that he was 9 of uh, 15 from 2. He had 23.7 rebounds, 7 assists. Here's why I'm giving him the game. Because whatever his flaws are, and they exist, I'm not going to, you know, whatever the fit problems are, they exist. We've talked about him. I tell you, he just keeps coming back. Like, I I, I give him credit for the game he played today. Like, he has a certain toughness to him, um, emotional toughness, I think, to deal with. He knows what's out there. He hears everything that's out there. He knows about the trades. We asked about how – everybody asked how would he react coming into training camp. I don't think that that stuff has affected him in a negative way. He still has some things he needs to clean up. There's no question about it. The turnovers, some of the decision-making, I – for sure, okay? It's He's not a finished product there, and he may never have the upside that some have believed that he may ultimately uh, reach. But, uh, look, with Jimmy out, they needed his production, and he provided production, and he provided a, a really good floor game today, I thought, again, until the final minute. He made good reads, and I, here's the thing. He's never going to get a calls. He's just not. Like, officials know he's not physical, so they're not going to give him calls. But he finished at the rim tonight. He finished creatively around the rim. He made big baskets. That pull-up that he made, that little 17-footer that he made late in the game was a big shot. And, I, again, I know Bam bailed him out on that offensive rebound. It's not a good decision by Tyler. He's going to have some of those. But everything that he's had to deal with this year, 23-7-7, to get a road win in Philadelphia, Greg, I'll, I'll take it. And I, I think he – we haven't given one of these in a while. I think he deserves it.
3: And to that point, like, he, he really was – kind of running things tonight. Like he he was the the catalyst for a lot of what they got done that looked well that looked right. And so to your point about them not having a point guard out there, he's having to assume responsibility, step out of comfort zones, and he's finding a way to still contribute play really good basketball i thought defensively he had his moments too and um and that becomes a reoccurring theme when you start to see him make better reads and better plays there so uh great game by tyler hero deserves the gamer of the night regardless of what happened late duncan gave him a run for his money early because it looked like he couldn't miss but eventually tyler hero kind of was the the driving force behind what got the victory ultimately up there in
1: philadelphia Brady, your thoughts on his game tonight?
0: Yeah, I thought it was just about the way he was getting to his shots, as you guys were talking about. Like, he was really attacking the rim. Like, yeah, he may not have gotten the calls, but he was really trying to, like, take shoulders into people. Uh, he was taking that extra step instead of kind of going for that floater. Like, did he take one floater tonight? I don't think so. Like, I don't even know if he attempted no. a floater that I can even think of. Like, he was taking those extra steps to try to finish at the rim. Uh, and it's not about what's happening on those certain possessions. It's about what that creates. It's about the fact you pull, you showed that you talked about that pull-up. He hit that pull-up is available to him because of those earlier rim attempts. You think about the play later in the game where he drove, pulled Paul Reed with him and throws it back to bam and bam, dunks it to go up six. That's happening because he's a real threat at the rim earlier in the game. And I feel like everything kind of just comes from that. Uh, and I thought there was certain points this game. Like there, there was, I think it was the beginning of the second quarter. He had back-to-back passes to Jaime for layups kind of under the rim and they were just like absolute like great passes. Like it was like, I think Philly was in a zone at that point and he would just wait for Jaime to just find a little bit of a gap and he would just zip the ball back door and Jaime got an easy bucket out of it. Like, yeah, he, maybe he's not a quote unquote point guard, but he plays pretty close to it in this heat offense, no matter what, if Terry Rozier is here or not, he has the ball in his hands so much to make these decisions. And on a night like this where he's getting to the rim, he has 23, seven and seven. I don't know. I thought this was like a a pretty. This is kind of what you want to see from Tyler. This is what's going to open everything up because there's not going to be many nights where he's one for eight from three. It's just it's just not going to happen. But I'll take that gamble over the fact of him getting those rim attempts and kind of setting up an offense in that way. So yeah, not a great. Some questionable decisions late. Bam definitely bailed him out on that last offensive rebound. I thought that was like just a huge gritty play from Bam, like something that he should get more credit than he probably is going to get because he's an all-star and he's the, you know, a top two player on this team. And he's the guy that's making the the gritty type plays that we've seen in the past. So he kind of bailed them out there, but Tyler still kind of set up a lot of the offense tonight.
1: And you mentioned it. And again, I understand that we're getting a lot of this in the comments, 23 points on 23 shots is not efficient. It isn't. Uh, and that's because the threes didn't go down. I mean, really like that, that's the thing. I mean, he's never going to have, you know this this number that this true shooting percentage that people wanted to have he's not going to have it because he doesn't get to the line like I, th- that's the thing I mean how many free throws did he have he had two free throws in the last game right those were his first two free throws in the entire month of February and tonight what did he end up with he had two three. free throws again right three okay three free throw attempts so so that that's the thing he's never going to get those free throw attempts so if, if his three balls not falling it's not going to look particularly efficient I, I get that. And it's not – I don't want to say we're grading him on a curve, but I'm saying that from where the public discourse has been on him, mm-hmm. they they needed – I thought this was a strong performance from him until the left, okay? And then I'll, I'll acknowledge that it wasn't strong Them and then – and I just think that's a role he's not built for. I just – I don't think – and that's one of the reasons they got Rozier. I mean they'll inbound the ball to Jimmy or Terry. That's what they're going to do in those situations. They didn't have either of them, so – I actually thought they should have been inbounding to Jaquez, Uh and he would have made some some better decisions there. All right, let, let's get to Bam because you mentioned him uh, 9 of 14 from the floor, 23 points, 14 rebounds, 4 assists. Of course, the huge rebound late. Here's the thing that's sticking out with Bam. They're getting him dunks. Hey, it's Ethan Skolnick for 5 on the Floor in the 5 Reasons Sports Network. As you know, we heard from Pat Riley recently. Everybody has an opinion on trades, free agency, who they should keep, who they should give up who they should get. Well, whatever it is that Riley and the Heat do, you don't want them giving up too much and getting too little, right? Well, the same is true of shaving products. And that's why I use Harry's shaving products. I love the way it handles, I love the way it looks, and I love the quality of the shave. I have a little bit of trouble growing out a good beard, so better to just shave it off and make sure that it looks somewhat professional. These are German-engineered blades made in their own factory, so they stay sharp longer. means you can use them Longer, And also they've got customizable delivery options for scheduled refills as low as two bucks, half of what you pay for other big brands. Also, I would recommend the shaving lotion as well and the body wash. So check it out. You can go to harrys.com backslash five. That's harrys.com backslash five. You'll get a $13 trial set for just three bucks. Again, Don't pay too much and get too little. Same is true of shaving as NBA transactions. Harrys.com backslash five for your $3 trial
0: set. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you.
1: I mean, he's going for it, but they're getting him dunks, and that sets up everything else. And we've talked about the declining dunk numbers for him over the years. Some of that was a product of him becoming a better mid-range shooter, that and where his place was in the offense, Greg. And that's you know getting to that dotted line. And then we've all said this year we think he's relying too much on that, but some of it is because they don't feed him. Yep. And it's funny, like since they got Rozier, even with Rozier out. He's still getting ducks. It, it, it feels to me like somebody showed up who would actually get him. Because we saw Terry finding him in those situations. And now it's like, oh, everybody's like, oh we have a vertical threat. Yeah. Right? Like, let's actually go to the vertical spacer.
3: The light bulb went off. And that's good for them. Like, they need Bam to get easy buckets. The fact that he hasn't had as many easy attempts has probably been one of the more frustrating things. Because then the discourse becomes about his shot diet and his aggressiveness. You're seeing if they can get him a few easy attempts at the basket, maybe get him to the free throw line. Then he's starting to get in a groove. All of a sudden he's hitting that shot at the dotted line. He's extending it out to the elbow like that. That changes the game for him. So uh, he could have easily been the gamer of the night, the gamer of the road trip. He could have been as well with the triple double in Milwaukee and then backing it up tonight with a you know killer performance as well. I, you know, it's one of those games where you see that he, that once they get him the ball and he just gets a couple rim attempts that things start to open up for him. And so I, I don't know how they can go away from that. And a lot of that has to do with Tyler Hero's done some good things, but also Duncan Robinson has been a huge part of that. And um, and that's why when we talk about starting lineups and such, it's hard for me to move off the position of keep Duncan out there because it seems like that's when Bam finds most of his openings.
1: So let's get to Duncan. Okay. Uh, tonight, because so I was my headphones here, he ended up with uh, with, what, 20? Uh, seven of 11 for the field. So now I just did the quick math after the game. He's now averaging 17.6 as a starter. Um, He's now shooting 50% from three as a starter. Uh, He's a little above that, like 51% overall. Uh, The numbers drop because the minutes drop when he comes to the bench, but so does the efficiency when he goes to the bench that he's shooting about 37% from three uh, he's under forty-five percent overall. He's a different player on the bench. So, in the natural question, Brady, <laughs> we talked about it on Playman. Um, Jimmy may may beat Rozier back. Okay, like I, we, like the, the report on Rozier is more optimistic than than I think we had believed it would be. But we don't know he's going to be back for game one. I do think Jimmy will be back for game one after the break. So, if that's the case. The first move is what? If you don't have Rozier yet, Jovic goes to the bench, Duncan stays in the lineup for now, and then what happens when Rozier comes back?
0: So we had this conversation on playback where it's like a difference between what I think is going to happen and and what I would want to happen, where what I think is going to happen is what you just said. Jovic is probably going back to the bench, and and what that ultimately means is probably he doesn't get minutes because if he's not starting – It doesn't seem like he gets worked into the rotation. So, but until Rozier comes back, Tyler and Duncan is the backcourt. Like that is what you're operating with. And back to what we said earlier, it seems like it's something that can work, uh, especially when Duncan's shooting this way. And as much as we, I I said this on on the last podcast last night, where it's like, as much as we praise the stuff he's doing in the lane, uh, and he had moments like that again tonight where he's lobbing it over the top to Bam. He's been one of the real products of getting Bam those dunks. But like, at some point it was like, dude, just go get the threes up. Like just get your shots up from beyond the arc because this, this team needs it and you're an absolute special, specialist uh, and you're just seeing that it feels like. You're seeing it in his, in his thought process when he's running around out there. It's like, okay, I'm going to hunt for this shot when I sprint around this screen. I'm not dipping into the paint. I'm not curling in. I'm going to just relocate back to band, back across into a handoff and I'm shooting and firing over the top. Then we see times where we were watching a playback where – there was the play was like three seconds left on the shot clock, and Caleb just hands it to Duncan. It's like here, just just throw it up, just shoot it. That's our bailout option. And he hits it. Uh, and then there was one late in the game where he had the kind of a uh like a pump fake in the corner, just kind of leaned over the top and, and shoots it over the top. Like he's just playing with such confidence. Uh that you can't really slow that down. You have to kind of keep playing into that and letting him play that style. So, yes, you you keeps that you keep him in the starting lineup. I really do think Ethan, though. The interesting lineup would be putting Jimmy in for Caleb. Like you running Tyler and Duncan with Jimmy, Jovich, and Bam. And just seeing how it looks. Because maybe now defensively, you know, over a long period of time. Because this is also a very short sample size. Yes, it's a, good, it's a decent team. So maybe it's a little bit more valuable. But let's see how it looks over a longer sample size it, defensively. But it's just a lot of shooting. It's a, it's a lot of guys that can get out on the break around Jimmy, because I was saying during this game, But you're watching the pace that the are playing at right now, it's like you could tell that Jimmy's not playing right now because that's just how they're playing, that certain style. But I still think they could play that style with Jimmy around those four guys because that's just how they play. So I don't know. That, that'll that be the question moving forward. If Jimmy's back, obviously, with a decent time before Rozier, maybe try to see if they can get into a rhythm. And then it gets to the question of maybe if Jovic is still finding a rhythm, it's like, Okay, can we keep him here with Rosier when Rozier comes back? Can we try to see how that looks when you brought Rosier here for many different reasons? One of them, though, was the push pace and kind of control things in the offense, which is also what Jovic does, that maybe you just lean into that. You just kind of play into that style a little bit. So I don't know. It'll be it'll be quest- it, kind of a, a big question, but Duncan's 11 to 15 over the last two games or the last two nights, over 24 hours. Like, you got to just let the guy off the leash and continue to let him play like this.
1: Well, there's a definite correlation between him starting and his confidence. I mean, I, I think beyond what we talk about with a fit for the team, he just plays better when he starts. That it just he just plays better. Like I, there are certain guys who just play better as starters. There are a lot who will say that Tyler plays better as a reserve, or at least when he's staggered away from Jimmy. And I think there's a fair point to be made there. I still do not believe that at any point this season. Eric Spolster is going to make a decision to start Duncan Robinson over Tyler hero at the two. It's a different question. If he'd continue to play them together, at least until Rosier is back, but I just don't think it's going to happen. And I think in the comments here, Greg, what's coming up a lot is pace when it comes to Jimmy, because that, that is the big thing. Jimmy plays a playoff style of game. It's not just that he ups his intensity in the playoffs. The playoffs lend themselves to Jimmy Butler's style. He wants to grind it down in a series, figure out your weaknesses and hunt the mismatches. That's one of the reasons he's so damn effective. It's not just that he tries home, okay? It's those things together. And they are going to have some choppiness, uh, Greg, I think, when Jimmy comes back because, again, then it's like the puzzle pieces. How do you make them fit? Because the other guy, I think, and, and maybe we should get to this here. Let's do the play of the night because I want to get to this other guy. And now it's time for the Insurance by Lynette Play of the Night, sponsored by insurance by Lynette.com and a aggressive insurance agency. You can reach out to our friend Lynette at 954 581 8800 That's 954 581 8800 or insurance by Lynette.com. That's insurance by lynette.com with two N's and two T's. Your best play for auto insurance, homeowners insurance, condo insurance, life insurance, or a retirement program. Reach out to Lynette at insurancebylynette.com. All right, so which hockey player are we picking? What do we decide?
3: Brady has a The last
1: got one. I, let's, let, 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 let's mention the first one. The first one yeah. Yeah. was notable because Jaime doesn't pass in transition. We, we've discussed this many times. It's it's. I'm not saying it's a flaw. It's it's it's. They need him a to do sure. it. <laughs> he, he, he finished. He's, he's not a passer. He passed under circumstance. He doesn't pass transition. He passed twice on that same play, right? He passed twice. After uh, getting a and steal. He finished.
0: And after he getting hit, a steal. He hit Duncan the initial time, and, and Duncan kind of throws it up to Jaime where it looks like he was going to potentially get, like, a highlight dunk before the dunk contest, and he, like, taps it back to Duncan midair, and Duncan ends up getting an and-one out of it, which, I've been, you know, we've been saying this all season, but, like, the duncan Jaime connection – is probably one of the best on the team. Like, they just have like natural chemistry because they're two guys that can like do some stuff out of random scenarios. Like, they're two guys that never stop moving and can just make plays out of nothing. And, and that's kind of what you saw in that one. But then the other one, obviously, the finishing play where they miss those relief buckets. Like, they just have where he missed, he, you know, the, the shot from who was it, Duncan that shot it and, and it, or whoever shot Duncan shot it and it goes off the rim and Jaime comes out of nowhere. Like, that's the stuff they had all season. Like, I remember being at the home games, and every night we'd say, like, okay, Jaime's going to have a, a shot with two minutes left that's going to ice the game or put them up or, or something like a relief bucket of some kind that's going to be like, okay, he, he did it again. But we, we you've missed seeing that, it feels like, over the last few weeks, partly because he hasn't been playing. The other part is feels like he's still trying to find his rhythm. So, I mean, I, I think that that play was just important in the context of, like, really trying to get him into a rhythm now before this All-Star break to kind of come back fresh after
1: The, the second one, I mean, first thing teams need to start boxing him out. Like we've talked about adjustments, but he he finds yeah. uh, those gaps, um, and and I, I think that. And again, everybody wishes the best for Jimmy, um, and and hopefully uh, he's back after the break and and his head clear and re-energized and all that stuff. And the personal stuff comes first. Uh, but I do think that at times um, this team, uh, certain guys operate better without a full roster, and I I just think that. Duncan and Jaime were two guys who got out of rhythm. Uh, Duncan got out of rhythm on the bench. And I think Jaime has been out of rhythm for the most part since he came back from the groin injury. I I think him going into the break, we know it's not, you know, he's not going to be resting. He's going to be dunking. He's going to be in the Rising Stars competition. He's going to be running around to different events and all this kind of stuff he's going to be enjoying it he should it's his first one and hopefully it gives him a taste of it and he wants to a lot of guys say they do the rising stars and they're at that weekend and they want to improve to become an all-star someday and be in the big game on sunday right so all that's good uh i think it was important for him to get a little momentum going in the break because I, i i felt like his season greg got a little tired um it wasn't just the injury but that even as much as he played at ucla he didn't play this much yeah. And it felt like he, he carried a lot the first two months of the season. He was the guy playing the most minutes some nights and playing all the fourth quarter minutes. I felt his minutes have been better, Oh, not just the past two games, but like the past three or four games. Looks like he, he's, he's finding a niche again. Yep.
3: Yeah, he's accelerating up, and, and that's good because – You're right. He took on so much responsibility early. And this is the first moment in his, in his rookie career that he's facing real adversity where he's having to find his way and that kind of thing. So it's all healthy steps, right? Like that's what they have to go through to kind of figure out your, your place as an NBA rookie and get through a season. It's a, it's a long grind. And uh, the fact that he is now, he looks a bit re-energized, um, Still not 100% to where he was before. I think there there are still steps to get there. But you never know. You have a good showing uh, at the All-Star break. You also get a little bit of rest. I think that they'll probably be real careful with the the fact that he's coming off the groin injury other than his obligations. Um, So if you can kind of get a combination of a confidence boost and also a little bit of a rest before they come back from the All-Star break, that's huge for him. I've liked what I've seen, and they need that from him. Like this is the weird thing: they've arrived at a place where Jaime Hawkes Jr. is an absolute pivotal contender that they are a pivotal contributor that they have to have. So um, it's good to see that he's starting to find his way and get comfortable.
1: Well, we mentioned Jovic earlier, and I just think it's going to be like this, where he has a game where the ball's in his hands a lot, and he gets in a rhythm, and he's going to have other games where he's either in foul trouble or gets out of rhythm, and Spoh's not going to go back to him, and I, I that's why. I do think, as good as he looked in the last game, with everybody healthy, I think Spoh's going to shelve him again. I just think he is, and I think he's going to become the love replacement down the stretch of the season to That's just keep going in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Well, and again, if Ozil was, was out longer, I think they would commit more to this experiment of Point Jovic. but the fact that you know Terry may miss another, what, three or four games, it looks like probably at the most if he misses that road trip, I don't think they're going to make a major commitment to a totally different play style. I just think it's, it's Spoh kind of using whatever he can use that night. And, I, and so at that point, I want to mention Highsmith uh, because this is another of these games and it's interesting because there are times he looks lost. He gets the ball down in the post, doesn't know what to do with it. we say we don't want him doing anything in transition. You don't want him over dribbling. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we've said about uh, some of these guys in developmental program, but it's also nice that they just leave him open and he actually makes some of them. Uh, the game in Orlando was one of those. I think he had four threes or four or five threes in that one. Uh, tonight he was four of ten from three. He was five five of thirteen overall, but he was four of ten from three. I, and I thought defensively, like you know, guarding the maxes of the world is never going to look comfortable for him. Um, and again, they did their best with him tonight. He had thirty. But I, he played a big role in that zone late in the game, and I, I just thought played a strong overall game. To me, he's not a guy that you play 25 minutes every night. I think there are certain situations he's got his shot going, uh, or he's guarding somebody where, uh, where, you know, well, where I think that you keep him in uh, for, for a little bit longer. And, and Ronald puts the, the comment in your high, speed, needs to get his confidence back. he passed up on a few open shots. When he doesn't hesitate, he's fine. When he hesitates, you know he's missing. Like it's, just, I, 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 it's a confidence thing, right, Brady? And a hitch.
0: Yeah, and I, I by the way, I think this was his career high in three point attempts, which is wild. Like the fact of they were literally just leaving him open to your point, and he missed like literally like three possessions in a row. He just kept missing it, and then all of a sudden that fourth one he took, it was like, wait, he's shooting it again. <laughs> and the fact of uh, that's what he when when you missed one... like
1: three out of four possessions, I think. Three, and then yeah. there was that other possession where he got lost on a cut, and Bam yeah. finally found him after three seconds. But he even know, left them
0: they even left them in under the rim. They just double bam randomly and he got hit under the rim and then, and hit that. So like, I mean the confidence to take after missing three or four threes and be able to take that next one and, and be able to find a, find that rhythm a little bit. I mean, is important. I mean, he's, it's a tough role to play when you kind of get off to that, that early missing streak. And then now you're forced to kind of take these shots. And then it's like, okay, well, if I'm not taking a shot, I, I shouldn't be out here because mm-hmm. then the whole offense is thrown off. So, It was good that he found that little bit of a rhythm, but I do agree. Like, like a night like this, I'm looking at the closing lineup and I'm like, okay, so they're without Terry, they're without Jimmy. They're not closing with Caleb. So like one of the guys that we thought would be closing playoff games is not closing in a game like this, but it's, it's all situational. Everything is like Haywood closing tonight. There are nights where we're, we're sitting here talking about like, we felt like Haywood should be closing when it was other guys. Like there's all situational things where, it almost felt like they were closing with Haywood, not only for the defense, because I actually thought Caleb played another night of really good defense. Me and Alex Agreed. were talking about that on playback. Like he, I thought he had a really good game last night against Milwaukee, another one against in, in here against in the zone at the top of the zone, kind of playing man and kind of guarding at the point of attack and kind of finding that rhythm. Uh but they needed the rhythm of just having an offensive system that was like, okay, if they are gonna help off Haywood, at least. We have a valve we could hit where it's like, okay, we could kick out to this quarter and maybe he can give us an open shot. So, I mean, it ended up working out. And he's just a guy that kind of needs to find that rhythm offensively. He's going to be – it's not much else he's going to provide offensively than the spot of shooting. So he's not taking it. But to your point, another – I felt like he was really good defensively too. Like putting Haywood and Kane at the top of that zone is nasty work. Like yep. how like how do you operate when you're a guy like Maxi, which he did. He had 30. But like being that type of guard and having to try to operate with the, that type of length and, and versatility and all that stuff in front of you, it, it's scary in that zone.
1: So it's a good thing they won because otherwise we would have had to give the game of the night to Ricky Council the Fourth, who I, I actually think uh, might have been the most obscure random scrub heat killer that we've ever actually uncovered. That there's there's been quite a few of them. Uh, we're gonna we'll close uh, the show here in a second. Before we do though, let's go. To the injury report. And now it's time for the official five on the floor injury report sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein, the personal injury attorney, born and raised in Lauderdale, Florida, lives in Miami, went to St. Thomas. He's a South Florida guy and a huge Miami Heat fan. But the important thing is he can help you get your money that you deserve when something happens to you. So reach out to our guy, Eric Rubenstein, again, ericrubenstein.com or ask about me. I got you on Instagram. And now, the injury report. All right, not to disrespect Ricky Council the fourth too much because he did have nineteen and ten against the Wizards the other night, but I think that's the first fourth that's torched the Heat in a long time. There's usually it's usually somebody uh, again that we're not that familiar with that uh, that kills them. And Eric Reed couldn't stop talking about it tonight. A couple of things that come in here: Knicks and Philly lost. Obviously, the Heat beat Philly. Indy uh, won. So they are they're sixth uh they 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 came back and beat Toronto. Miami is tied with Orlando atop the not that it matters anymore, but atop the Southeast division. Um, if the magic win the division, they'll probably hang a banner for it since they did just put somebody. they just did retire a jersey for a guy who was there for four years and then bolted on them. Uh, but uh, but Greg, I mean seventh is not where you wanted to be. Um, you know, tied for seventh. But Phillies are striking distance. Uh, the Knicks have been in free fall, although they have a pretty significant advantage over you at this point. But they've got a lot of injuries right now. Milwaukee, um, you've proven you can beat the Bucks. I mean, I you know, I mean, I, I don't think they have any fear of the Bucks. I, I don't think. Have, I asked Giannis the question when he was in Miami talking about Miami's players, and he seems to still have a healthy fear of the Heat. I don't think they want to deal with the Heat. So, and you get the same record as last year. Like we're right back where we were, right? Like nothing's changed,
3: but there's, I I think there's a little more upside than maybe the way that we felt last year. Just a bit. The team's deeper. I like this roster a little bit better since we are on the subject of injury reports. The fact that they, um, have been able to cobble this together with Terry Rogier, Jimmy Butler, and Josh Richardson all on the injury report is a hell of a road trip. Like we just can't paint it any other way. Like we have to uh, acknowledge when they get, um, you know, their asses kicked seven times in a row, but also when they play Boston tough in a game where there was multiple gut punches and then you end up going out on the road and being resilient enough to find these wins despite the injury report, not being beautiful. This is a prime opportunity for them to move up in the standings. There's no reason why they can't get out of the play in and shut me up. And, and all that play-in talk that I uh, was talking just a week ago uh, can go away.
1: All right. So that's where we're going to close the first half or the first two thirds of the season. We thank everybody for following us here on the YouTube channel. We're going to be started on the YouTube channel. Tonight, we'll be back with the podcast uh, later in the week. Also, join us on Playback. Um, Download the app for free. We'll be there to watch Jaime on Friday and on Saturday and, bam, on Sunday. So come join us there, and then we'll get you teed up for the second half of the season. Thanks Brady. Thanks to Greg. Thanks to our sponsors, Rocky Sports Center, insurancebylinette.com, and also Eric M. Rubenstein or ericrubenstein.com. Have a good one, everybody.